0: Hello everyone, welcome back, welcome to another week of Bible Study Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has been listening so far. I, My heart, just, it glows, it leaps for joy hearing how the Lord has been speaking to a lot of you. I mean, I know He's been speaking to me and it's just, the Lord is good. The Lord is good, He is a good, good Father and I just pray that He keeps Using me as the vehicle to get to a lot of people. And I know that his presence is where you are. His presence is where I am. Because in the word it says where two or three are gathered in his name. And we are gathered in his name. Every time that we look for his word. We look for what he has to say. Um, I know his presence is here. Today's episode is going to be focused on a few verses of Matthew 6. I'm not going to be going through the whole chapter this time because I really just wanted to focus on a specific message. So like always, if you have your Bible, take out your highlighter, your pen, your notebook, um, and let's get into the Word of God. All right, if you guys can join me in prayer just so we're in the same spirit and we're ready to learn and soak in what the Lord is trying to tell us today. Thank you, God, for being faithful to your word. Thank you, God, for being provider, God. Thank you for guiding us in this righteous path that you have set before us, God. I ask that you give us the courage so that we may continue to walk in this path, God, despite all the troubles that come our ways, God, despite what other people may say, God, or what we may think that other people are saying, God. I ask that you build up our courage so that we may follow through in your word and what you need us to do, God. I put this Bible study episode in your hands. I ask that your presence guides us, God, I ask that you reveal to us who you are and what what you want us to do and what you have for us, God. In your word, it says, ask and I shall receive, God. So today, I ask. I ask that you open up our hearts, that you open up our minds, God. That we become sponges so we can absorb everything, God everything that's in your word God because it lifts us up it builds us up it guides us and it moves us forward God and that's all thanks to you thank you God in your name being salted in Jesus name amen okay so we're going to be focusing in Matthew 6 19 through 34 Matthew six nineteen through thirty four is split up in two sections with two different titles. So the first one is Lay Up Treasures in Heaven. Right, let's get into it. Matthew six nineteen. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Not, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Do not be anxious. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, we're going to get to studying now. <laughs> so if we go to Matthew 6:19, first verse that was read says do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth what are treasures on earth you may be asking or maybe you're not asking because you already know i would say that treasures on earth are money um i would say uh power like a, a position at your job um a house a car Um, certain clothing brands that you're very proud to own Um, same with the car like you're super proud that you have that car and it says do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal I feel like now it's more common for thieves to break in and steal than moth eat your clothes but still same thing Don't lay up these treasures on earth. Why? In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And then it's referencing a specific part in the Bible where God speaks. And it says, Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. This is God telling you, never will I leave you, um, never will I forsake you. That's why we shouldn't um, keep treasures on earth. We should keep our lives free from the love of money and be content with what we have. Because if we're content with what we have, then we trust in God that he is going to provide what we need. Right? Right? Because in Deuteronomy 31.6, that's where it says, Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. And that's the Lord speaking himself. I feel like many times, and I don't know if it's just the Hispanic culture or like the Hispanic culture in the United States. I feel like it's always like, oh, I need to work. And I need to put in this overtime because I need to save enough money for X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I'm putting in so much work, I'm putting in so much overtime because I need to afford X, y, and Z. And in everything guys, the Lord's speaking to me first because i I've that hit home. that hits home and I feel like on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, every single time you check your bank account, that's you laying up yourself treasures on earth. Because that's you saying, I worked hard for this. I worked hard for this. But you're not taking into consideration the person who provided that job. God provided that job. God allowed you to wake up in the morning to go to that job. God is the one who's helping you find favor in the eyes of your bosses to still be at that job. So it's not something you did. It's something that God is doing through you. And he deserves all glory and honor. In verse 20, it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What are treasures in heaven? You may be thinking. Treasures in heaven would be Preaching the word of God, sharing the gospel, making disciples, sharing the love of God so that more people can be partying up in heaven with us, you know? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart now where your treasure is there's your heart this goes into some some pride effect if our heart is in our treasure we're not gonna let anyone step on our shoes right we're not gonna let anyone borrow our car why because that's our car we're not gonna let anyone um borrow our dresses why because that's our dress that is where our heart is because that's where our treasure is. If, if you look at your materialistic things, like God allowed me to have this, then you're not going to care if someone steps on your shoes. Remember be like, hey man, it's okay. It's fine, they're just shoes. But if your treasure isn't, I bought these shoes, I worked hard for these shoes, and someone steps on your shoes and you automatically get heated, something's wrong as to where your heart is. It says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? I don't know if any of you guys have ever gone to the eye doctor and they do this exam Where they like open up your pupil. They put some drops in it. Um, And when they open up your pupil. It's to check to see if you have like underlying conditions. Or some sort of like sickness. Because they say that they can see if you're healthy through your eyes. I also don't know if you guys have ever seen anyone with jaundice. Mikael, my baby. Uh, he was born with jaundice, so his eyes were yellow, and that's how the doctors knew that he had jaundice. Jaundice is um, something that goes on with, I want to say it's your liver, um, and it's basically where you're lacking some sort of vitamin. Um, for baby Mikael, we had to have him under a blue light. Um, which is basically like a high dose dosage of uh, UV rays. And that's what the sun gives. So like vitamin D. Um, and the doctors were able to see all of this just by looking at his eyes. And eye doctors can also check to see if you're healthy just by your eyes. So it's very neat that right here in 22 it says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy your whole body will be full of light. And it's not only accurate in the physical sense, but it's also accurate in the spiritual sense. Because have you ever been just, like, walking next to someone who's just, like, nasty? Like, they just got something going on. Like, you can see it in, your eye- in their eyes. Like, just the way that they look. And you're just like, ooh, like, you're nasty. Like, like, you're evil. Like, you got some bad stuff going on. Or even when someone's sad, like, you can see it in their eyes. And whatever's on the inside can be viewed from your eyes because they're the windows of the soul. So maybe we should be checking our eyes, our spiritual eyes, that is. Because we really got to check ourselves and see what's going on on the inside, right? It says in 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's so crazy that the word of God is true now as it was back then. Because if you are serving two people, you're not going to be giving 100% to each one. That's also why you don't have to, you should not cheat on your wife or your husband. Uh, Because you're not going to be giving 100% to either one of them. You're going to be giving 50-50. But right here, it's talking about God and money. God and love for women. God and love for materialistic things. God and love for pride. God and love for vanity. God and love for whatever it is. God and love for something else that's not God. You cannot serve God. And something else. It can't be. I serve God. And I also serve. So and so. No. It has to be God. Or it has to be so and so. You can't serve both. Gotta choose a side. Just like it was mentioned in Romans 8. You gotta choose a side. You have to. Or else it's gonna be pulling you in both directions it's gonna make you tired it's gonna make you angry it's gonna make you resentful and if you're feeling any of those things that I just mentioned maybe it's because you've been serving two masters and not just one all right second section don't be anxious I feel like as someone who has suffered anxiety (laughs) um or like panic attacks or anxiety attacks it never really helped when someone was like just don't be anxious just don't get anxious and if you've ever suffered anxiety you know you just want to choke that person like get out of my face stop or like when you're sad and they're like oh don't be sad you're like no get out of my face (laughs) but here It doesn't just tell us to not be anxious. It gives us reasons as to not be anxious. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life for what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. I'm going to stop right here because I feel like every time that I've heard someone say this, this verse, Matthew 6, 25, I feel like they never really pay attention to the nor about your body. And as someone who has struggled with body image. This really hit me. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Okay. I've been anxious about my life before, but... God, I will trust in you. What you will eat. Yeah, we've struggled to buy food before, but God, I will trust in you. What you will drink. Okay, God, I will trust in you. Nor about your body. And that one for me is like... Mm. I feel like high school me would struggle with this. Mommy now, I feel like I've just been living in my womanhood, my whole womanness, and I'm like, I love my body. I love the body that carried my son. I love the body I have now because because it's strong, it's beautiful. But I do definitely feel like high school me and college me and middle school me struggle about this, nor about your body. Don't be anxious about your body or what you will put on. Don't be anxious about your body. Don't be anxious about what your body looks like or what your body doesn't look like. Don't be anxious about you not fitting into those size two pants anymore. Don't be anxious about you fitting into a bigger size. Don't be anxious about it. Why? Because God created you perfectly. For you were fearfully and wonderfully made. For you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to hear that. And you need to believe it too. Because he knew you from your mother's womb. He chose you. He called you by name. God creator created you. The God who created the stars and and the ocean. And the mountains and the beautiful fields. He created you beautifully. He created you fearfully and wonderfully made. And he created you for such a time as this. So don't be anxious about your body or what you will put on. And then it says, "Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Then it gives us an example of God's true love. Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither soar, sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. The birds in the air, as beautiful as they are, and we've all seen birds. They're, they're beautiful. Maybe not pigeons, but, you know. Look at the birds of the air. It says, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. They don't plant their food. They don't reap their food. And they don't gather their food and store it in barns for rough days to come. They literally just live And God, our Father, feeds them. Then asks asks the question, are you not of more value than they? Are you not more valuable than the birds in the air that God feeds on a daily basis? Are you not more valuable than them? And which of you, this is verse 27, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Right here, I feel like it's just telling us, what are you going to gain by being anxious? Are you going to be able to add another hour of life by being anxious? And I feel like this really spoke to me. And God's really speaking to me right now. All the times that I had anxiety. Guys, my anxiety, I'm not trying to like belittle anyone else's anxiety i'm just sharing on mine. my anxiety got to a point where it was so bad where i legit thought that i was having a heart attack had to go to the hospital spoke to my doctor got an um an ekg um got a heart monitor that i had to wear for a whole month um with and they gave me like a little phone and it would notify me whenever like the heart rate would fluctuate or whatever and it would go beep, beep, beep. Guys, I it for that whole month and I was like, I, I had an anxiety coming, an anxiety attack coming. And I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I can't breathe. I'm struggling to breathe, blah, blah, blah. The phone and the monitor were not doing anything. They would not go off or anything. But for those whole 30 days, I feel like I just spent I just wasted those whole 30 days stuck in my anxiety when I could have been enjoying that whole month. That same month, in that same month, we took a trip to Las Vegas for, I think it was almost a week that my whole family and I went. And I feel like I didn't enjoy my time. I didn't enjoy myself. Because I was so stuck in my anxiety. So when it asks this question. "In which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? You don't gain anything by being anxious. On the contrary. I feel like you dig your hole into anxiousness even more. Because you're so focused on it. It says and why are you anxious about clothing? And why are you anxious about clothing? Why are you anxious about You not having the latest brands. Why are you anxious about, oh, my style changed now as a mom. Why are you anxious about that? Why are you anxious about you not fitting into the jeans that you fit in when you were like 13? Sis, you're like 27. Of course you're not going to fit into those. You were a little girl back then. Like, this is me talking to myself, guys. This is me talking to myself. I'm not trying to attack anyone. This literally... The Lord is speaking, and if he's speaking to you, then hallelujah, he is good, he is good. It says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. The lilies in the field don't work for their clothing, and yet I tell you, even Solomon, King Solomon, who had everything, basically, who had all the wisdom. Yet even Solomon, in his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. He didn't even look as beautiful as the lilies that God dresses. In 30, he says, But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith! Oh, you little faith. 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Focus right here. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows that you need them all. He knows that you need food. He knows that you need to drink. He knows that you need to clothe yourself. And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows what you need. And I feel like many times we're so focused on what we want that we don't care that God knows what we need. The enemy comes to us on a daily basis and he says, I know what you want. I know that you want a bigger house. I know that you want a better car. I know that you want better clothes. I know that you want to be better off financially. I can get you that. I can get you what you want. But he cannot fulfill what you need. The devil cannot fulfill what you need. Only God does. And he knows that you need them all. Right here it says in 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. If we go to Psalm, Psalms 23.1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides everything that we need. It's telling us again, he provides everything that we need. In verse 33, it says, But seek first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. If you seek first God. And his kingdom. And the righteousness of it. All of these things. All of these things of what you will eat. Of what you will drink. Of what you will clothe yourself with. Will be added to you. If you seek God first. If you say hey God. I know I don't see it. I know I don't see it around me. But I know you're working. I know I don't see the house. But I know you're working. I know I don't see the car. But I know you're working. I know I don't see this. Whatever your this is. But tell God right now. I know you're working. Because you are my shepherd. I shall not want Because you know that I need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, it says, and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Verse 34. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day its own trouble. Trust God for he knows what you need. Trust the Lord, for he knows what you need. And don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Thank you for listening, everyone. I hope that God spoke to you just like he did to me in my laundry room. God bless you.